the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and God the Man. I think maybe in the last ten years, we are living with a phenomenon, a new phenomenon, that became very much ingrained and affecting, impacting our lives. And actually it affected even political regimes. It helped in overthrowing and outcasting political regimes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Social media. Social media. How, how many of you are engaged in social media? Show of hands. I think, I think all the church should raise, their, raise up their hands, right? I raise my hand as well. Hmm? That's good. Very few. Very few. I, I don't know how to say they are saved. <laughs> uh, so it, it became a phenomenon. And I want to ask you a question. When there is a discussion on social media, what do you get from the discussion? You know, on Facebook, for example, it says, what's in your mind? So you put what in your mind today, now. And then people start to like, comment. And how many comments? It depends on, on what's in your mind. The more contro controversial it is, the more comments it will bring up. And how these comments would, what is the spectrum of the ideas? Especially, again, if what, what's in your mind is a controversial issue. What is the spectrum of ideas that can be on 10, 20 comments? Hmm? Very diverse. Right? You agree with that? I'll share an experience. I, I have had, in the few times I, I get to Facebook, and usually I'm, I'm looking a messenger, someone is sending me a, a message, then I want to see who this is, and then it takes me from a, a comment to a comment to from a sharing to another. But what I get and the experience I've had when someone is saying something, especially if it is religious or about the Bible or about the life with God or whatever, and then you see huge amounts of comments, very diverse from each other. Some are very antagonistic. Some of them are very against religion, against God. Some of them are very rudely expressed. Some of them are very religious. Some of them are very much pushing toward God. But I think what you get at the end is confusion. Have you experienced that? Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes. No. You didn't get confused? Have you, have you felt confusion? Yes or no? Yes. That's no. Yes? No? That's good. But who, who gets... I'm not confused. I'm saying you, you, you departed from your faith. I'm not saying that. But confused, I mean, 
How can you answer each and every comment? How can you say the truth to each and every comment? Have you been in that position before? Yes or no? Yes. I think this is why I'm saying that. I'm not, I don't want to talk about social media, on, on especially in, in the sermon of the liturgy. But I think it's, it's like what happened in this story. I'm not going to talk about how great is the miracle that Jesus did. But I want to meditate a little bit on, on the discussion, on the debate Jesus, the, the blind man had with the Pharisees. And then, the nice meeting and encounter that Jesus had with the blind man again, the second time. Because they met twice. In the first time, he restored him his sight. And there is a second time, and I'm going to talk about that later. But he met him twice, so, and the second meeting was phenomenal. Was phenomenal. And I think if you want to see a climax to this story, you know that usually stories they have a high point, the climax, the highest point of the story. You might say the highest point of the story is The miracle itself, right? I don't think so. I think it is the second meeting. Is the pinnacle. Is the, the, the climax of the story. When Jesus asked him, Do you know, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, who is? He said, I am the one who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. I think this is the climax. Not the restoration of the eyesight but the illumination uh, you, you pushed me to to get to the conclusion but I'm going to get back to that so again the, the, the debates we see on Facebook and social media it reminded me a lot with with that debate that man had and even that encounter the second encounter the climax the, the Pharisees intervened and said are we blind? told them I wish you were I wish you were because if you were blind I would have given you the sight unfortunately you feel that you see and that's why you are blind again I think it's very very applicable to our context very applicable to what we are exposed to from opinions of all kinds I mean people didn't have a, a and uh, a way to express what, what's in their mind before. But now, everyone. I think I have on, on Facebook, before I, I, I left getting into it or writing anything. But before that, I had, I think, more than 4,000 or 5,000 friends. So you can imagine, if everyone is saying something in his, from his mind or in his mind, and he is commenting on what's in your mind. And then comment after comment. I mean you again you'll get into something else, like what what we see here. So the after the, 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 the miracle, which is a great miracle, he it's a creation. He created Jesus created for him and the way he did it, he took clay, dust from the earth, and he put the, the saliva on it and then he put it 
on his, on his eyesight, he restored. He restored his eyesight. But he created for him a new eye. It's a creation. It's a creation miracle. So then, the Pharisees didn't like it. They don't like Jesus. He is threatening their position. What they can do? They will issue an, something similar to an FBI investigation. They will issue an, an investigation. And they formed a committee. And they started the investigation. They called the man, the, the man born blind. Then they, they said to the, verse 17, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said, he's a prophet. This is the only thing. This is the least I can say about him that is a prophet. Someone who created for me new eyes. He created. He created. Like God when he said, let it be light and there be light. So, they didn't like that. They said, okay, the first thing we need to make sure that, we make sure of the identity of that person. We're going to bring his parents. They brought his parents, their parents were very reluctant. They didn't want to be put away or pushed out of the synagogue because they knew that the Jews decided to push away anyone who would confess that Jesus is the Messiah. So, they, they, they called them. They answered, they said, yeah, we know this is our son. He was born blind. More than that, we don't know anything. We, he is of age. Ask him. He speaks for himself. <coughs> and they, they put themselves aside. So, they didn't like that. It didn't work. They, didn't, they couldn't say that he is not the person. And he wasn't blind. They didn't get to that. So they brought again. A second time. The, the, the blind man. So they again, verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. Very nice introduction. Are they really seeking the, the glory of God? No, they aren't. Many people are talking, even in social media, about the glory of God. But just read, just wait after they talk about the glory of God. Wait for a sentence. And then, you don't feel the presence of God at all. At all. That's why, if you're writing something, if you're sharing something, if you are saying what's in your mind, hopefully you say something of truth. Hopefully you say something of edification. Hopefully you say something that helps. Not that adds sadness despair or push away people from God when you put something try to to be helpful anyway say, they said give God glory which is great but they, they don't care about the glory of God they, they care about their own glory give God the glory we know that this man is a sinner they are going to ask him questions but they are trying to put him under a certain influence. We're going to ask you a question about this man. But remember, he's a sinner. Try to be compliant with us. They, they tried to, to push into his mouth and his mind an idea. But he, his answer was great. He, 
He didn't say, okay, I'm going to give you an airtight argument from the history and from philosophy and from the scripture and from all kinds of evidences that this is the Messiah. He didn't say any of that. He said, uh, he, he answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. The first thing he said, I don't know any of I cannot debate with you. You are the, the teachers. You are the teachers. I'm not. But I know one thing. There is one thing I know. And he said, one thing I know. That though I was blind, now I see. What did he share? What did he share? Huh? An experience. He shared an experience. He shared an experience. But that's his experience. I don't have any experiences. I wasn't born blind and, and Jesus didn't, I didn't, haven't met him and he didn't, he healed my sight. Is that, is that a good answer? Would this, would this be a good excuse that I say, this is not mine? I don't have my own experience? What do you think of that? Wouldn't this be an argument to say, this is not mine? I don't have an experience to share to be sure that what I believe in is true. What do you think of that? How can you answer that? I think a good answer would be what St. Paul says. He said, for, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. This is my experience. The, the experience of the blind man as a true story, as a true miracle, it's my experience. It's part of my experience. We have an experience of 2,000 years, years of the work of Christ in the church, accumulating throughout the years. I mean, the Synexarian, the book of Acts, the, these saints are all my experiences. Yes, I can say that I don't know what the people are saying about philosophy, about who said what. But I know that these people experienced God. I know that the Synactarium every day, it tells about someone who experienced God. And this experience is my experience. It's part of my own experience. So he told them that one thing I know. That, through, that, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him, again, third time, they tried to find any way to tell him, or to have him say that he's a sinner. He's not, he's not the Messiah. Then they said to him again, that's the third time they asked the question, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Especially he did that on the Sabbath, and they considered what he did, is, is, is breaking to the Sabbath, according to their own understanding of what the Sabbath is. So I think he exploded. He exploded. He didn't like that at all. Then he, then he answered them, I, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to, to, to become his disciples? I think he told them what Jesus was always saying about the Pharisees. The Jews who, who rejected them. 
When he says there were present at that season some who told him, uh, I'm sorry. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Thus, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their, their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. I think that's exactly what's applicable to them. This is what the blind man told the Pharisees. Yes, you see, but you are blind. You don't want to listen. You don't want to believe that I had no new eyes. Then what, what they did, what usually happened at the end of the discussion? I told you, when you say what you in your mind, someone says something controversial, and then people start commenting, and commenting to each other, a comment after a comment, and they dislike the comments, the, the, the discussion started to escalate, especially everyone is behind the screen, so the, the discussion starts to escalate, and then, how it ends? How it ends? Using the Facebook terms or the social media terms. Huh? Unfriend. Yes. Unfriend. Block. And maybe before that, there would be some reviling. Right? Some bad words, some insults. Okay? Something else. Before, before doing the unfriend. So, that's exactly what happened here. Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses. And the man answered said to them, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where, is he, where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Why do you want to believe? And then at the end, again, I'm going to go now to the climax, the pinnacle of the story. Jesus heard that they cast him out and when he had found him, I think Jesus, when he found him, cast out by the Pharisees, he went to meet him. Whoever stood for his belief, he might be cast out from the crowds. But that there, that's exactly when Jesus would come out to meet with that person. Stand for what you believe in on the campus of your school, at your high school. At your work. Stand for what you believe in. And even, and don't be afraid that the people will hate you, will not like you. Or don't feel, don't, don't be afraid that you don't feel that you belong. Because that's when Jesus will come and, and give you the, the most support, the most strength. Jesus heard that they, they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord? That I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. Then he said, I think this is the climax. He, Jesus restored for him the eyesight, the physical eyesight. But now he's going to give him even a much higher level of Sight, illumination, to know God, to meet with Him, to worship Him. That's why we are here in this church now, today. But hopefully we have this sight. Hopefully we have this sight.
Not that we are looking to, talking to each other or looking to our social media. Or want to get done with that liturgy so we can see our business. But here, he told them, that he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. I believe and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. I came for the people who are not seeing that they may see. Unfortunately, that there is people who see and that those who see may be made blind. He didn't want them to be blind, but because they feel that they see, they don't need him. I think one of the, the major problems, especially with the, 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 the West in general, the question is, why do we need God? We have the science, we'll fix our problems, we'll take care of, of our issues. We don't need God. Why do we need God? Why do we need God? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. We are coming here today and we are listening to this story to say, we are blind and we need that you restore for us our sight, our inner sight, not eyesight. And then the story ends, that then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are, you, are we blind also? They understood that he's, he's alluding to them. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. We are coming here to say we are blind and we need that God would illuminate our lives by his presence in it. And, and we know that he's present, he's powerful, and he will give us the experience. We need to stand on our belief, on who on knowing who He is. He is our God. He is our Lord. That is He who deserves our worship. And glory be to God forever. Yeah.